welcome to the building blocks of business a podcast show where we dive in and explore various aspects of the business world this show is brought to you by ecel nitk in association with nitk toastmasters club i'm your host suprita harishankar third year btech student in the ece department today you're listening to the first episode of season 1 the abc's of applying to a b school In today's conversation I get to sit with our guest Achyut Arun an NITK alumnus from the batch of 2017 Achyut is an Indian School of Business graduate class of 2020 who was previously working as an analytics consultant with Wells Fargo he was involved in leveraging analytics and machine learning to drive automation and process improvement across multiple divisions he has worked in R and Python building ml solutions and designing user interfaces in shiny to make solutions user accessible achyut is an avid motorcycle tourer having covered 55 plus destinations in south india and having trekked across the parvati range of the himalayas via the sarpas trek congratulations on graduating achyut thanks supratha and also thank you for having me on the show this is an honor to be talking back as an alum to uh, the different batches across nitk thank you how does it feel to be graduating during the pandemic um uh, so obviously i think the first thing that comes to everyone's mind is uncertainty and the second thing is the fear of job security right because at this stage we all need a job <laughs> definitely but i i think uh, uh, what's stood out to me is basically the alumni networks of both the institutes that i've been a part of isb and nitk I think I've seen uh, alums from across years support those impacted by COVID, and I think it's uh, it's a really positive feeling to feel like I always have these networks to fall back on. Um, so, if there's one bit of uh, takeaway that I have from this pandemic, it is that you know grow your networks because uh, that's the one thing that you can always fall back on, irrespective of time. Correct. I've always believed in the power of a network as well. It's been immensely helpful. So Achyut you're a candidate of the ISB exactly, Youth right? Leadership program yes exactly which is a deferred admission option for high potential college students pursuing their bachelor's or master's education where you're guaranteed admission to their full time program while you're still in college as i understand it what are your thoughts on this mode of admission okay so uh, first off i just like to say that i am a wild piece so i'll obviously be biased uh, but because uh, i have a couple of reasons first uh, So once you become a part of the Young Leaders program, uh, you have twenty months uh, to uh, you know engage in work wherever you get placed post your undergrad degree before you start. And in that two period, two year period, approximately, you have your YLP weekends, uh, learning sessions, access to professors as well as alums. And I think uh, that helps build an understanding of how the program is going to be and gives you a very good flavor of what you need to succeed there whereas those who come in directly after like a 3 month process they probably don't have that advantage i think the other aspect is a lot of folks have to spend a lot of time while they're working focusing on getting into an mba program once you have this sorted in your undergrad uh, course i think that helps you focus on just delivering impact at work right you can go all out and at the end of the day that makes for a good resume because even post mba you can show that you've done and created impact at work and lastly i think you get in early so it it sets the tone for your career because uh, you know you're sort of on a path 
and uh, you know keeping that combining that with the fact that you can deliver impact i think it 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 sets you up for future success easily definitely i think among all the doors that open for you through ylp i think uh, getting assimilated into the isb environment really stands out to me at least personally so when yeah. students they decide to uh, you know pursue an mba in india i think many people are confused when they sit down to compare the isb's one year program and the iim's two year program the huge difference in fees the difference in duration and maybe a lack of the iim brand are contributing factors to this confusion as an isb grad what is your take on this again disclaimer i will be biased <laughs> uh, but uh, i'll i'll uh, take up first the fact that you pointed out the difference in fees so if you were to look at uh, that across a two year period right so you end up paying fees uh, for one year at isb and then you're earning let's say uh, let's let's take a rough number it right? whatever the average has been close to 20 to 22 lpa so you pay 40 so over a two year period your net is what you pay out in that one year minus what you earn in that one year that you're working whereas in iams you're not working during that time period so when you compare it across the same time period it roughly comes out to be the same so i think that the fee factor for me neutralized there uh the second aspect and i think the single biggest reason why i would I still prefer an ISB degree over an IIM degree if I had the choice with diversity, because I think given that you know a lot of the IIM cohort uh, typically go in directly after college or within a year or two of working, that 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 reduces the level of exposure or the the discussion that happens in the campus or the cohort. For example, in in my batch, class of twenty, I had a year and a half of uh, experience. I had a twenty-two years experience retired army colonel who was my batchmate and sitting next to me. There was an illustrator, right? Like he used to illustrate, and art was his main occupation. There was a doctor. There was a hospital owner. There was a garment factory owner, and the 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 perspectives that these people bring in, right? Like I I didn't know what GSM was, and and there was this lady Krishna who told me who ran the factory. So that that's a brilliant experience. and uh, lastly i think work experience having that 20 months of work experience definitely teaches you a lot of soft skills like how to say no just as just as how to say yes how do you put your point across subtly without just saying you know you are right you're wrong i'm right so all these things are a lot of soft skills that polish you and again set you up for success in your one year at isb so i think that's the probably the biggest reasons one year versus two year i think we don't miss out on anything at isb uh the curriculum and the number of credits are fairly the same as at iim all right i think the opportunity cost factor really comes into play here yep okay so when and how did you conclude that you wanted to pursue an mba and not any other masters program was there anyone or anything in your time at nitk that helped you make that decision um so uh, there was a club presentation and it was by ist if i'm not wrong uh in my third year uh when an alum who uh got into isb via the uh, ylp program came in and spoke about the whole thing and i had not heard of isb before and i was fairly certain from my experience uh, throughout nitk that I, i was not someone who would want to dig deeper into a technical field rather i i i'd enjoy moving across horizontally between functions and so management as a field stood out for me because that's something that enables you to move across horizontally between verticals So I reached out to the senior, and it also definitely helped that uh, I had a wingmate and a really close friend who wanted to uh, move into management as well. So we both decided to apply together. So I think these two factors mainly, 
But uh, if you're asking why not any of the other more traditional master's programs that people go to from NITK, simply because I sort of realized uh, from the effort I had to put into uh, master the whole engineering shebang that I, I, I fit in more naturally into a management field kind of role. So, yeah. Definitely. I, I Ironic, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, the admission to the YLP, it's a three-stage process. Can you shed some light on the different stages and maybe share a few tips for each? Okay, so uh, again, disclaimer here, things might have changed a bit from what I understand, it's fairly the same. So stage one is they ask you for an essay. And I think there, uh, that's really the start. So for the YLP aspect, again, because you don't have a lot of work experience, you don't have a lot of impact, right? You can't tell people how you improve efficiency or reduce cost or increase revenue. So uh, it really has to be your story and that has to come through in probably from your personal life or from your academic life. So craft your story. I think that's the biggest uh, tip that I can give you. Do not just pick up anything random and just write about it. Second, take help from your peers. Uh, I didn't have access to a lot of seniors at that point. So I just mainly ran all of my essays through my peers and uh, the tips are brilliant and be honest. Because uh, if you do make it to stage three, right, and most of you all from NITK are good enough to get make it there, uh, they will figure it out if you just picked up a story from Cora and they changed your name and, you know, Indianified it and just wrote it there because it stands out very easily. Stage two is then I feel, I think GMAT uh, uh, as well as two more essays. Again, uh, your essays should have a flow. There should be a story. That's why I said craft your story in stage one. Your S, your S first essay should not be about how you found it difficult to do well in academics in school. And your second essay should not be about how you crushed it at an ITK and topped and won the gold medal, right? There's no flow there. That doesn't make sense. So have a logical flow. Your three essays should connect well together. Uh, for GMAT prep, I, I personally think three to two to three months is more than enough. Uh, again, all of y'all are super smart and like should not take more than two to three months of two or three hours per day to uh, make sure you get to a GMAT score that's that that puts you up there right any questions Upita, or I'll just move on to stage three oh yeah you can move on to stage three go ahead perfect so stage three uh, is the interview stage you come in I've, I've not had the luck to do any interviews yet because I just graduated myself but I've taken a look at a bunch of uh, essays as part of the admissions committee and uh, if there's one thing I can tell you it's very easy to make out again people who have added little bits of fluff here and there to their stories right? mm. because uh, from what Alam's tell me it really comes through because you're in a lot of stress there and uh, you, you inevitably slip up so honesty I think number one for interview second question the Alam's back they enjoy uh, some amount of, uh, I, I would say, fight in a candidate, not someone who just accepts everything they say. And and lastly, just prep, prep, because there's there's only so many questions they can ask you. And trust me, it may seem like a lot, but inevitably they end up being, uh, you know, permutations and combinations of the same kind of things from your life. So just prep. Uh, I personally put a lot of time into prep and I was brutally honest. I didn't question my interviewers back, but I think the prep really saved and had my back. Right. Nice. That, that, that was yeah. really good to hear. Uh, Achit, yeah. you mentioned that we need to submit our GMAT score in stage two. 
So would you recommend signing up for coaching classes? And if not, how do you suggest one go about with the self-study approach? Um, this, I would say, is an extremely individual choice. But if I had to give you a framework for how you would go about this, I would say uh, take a week or two. Uh, reach out to me or just Google what are the most common uh, GMAT books. You'll get a bunch of resources. Prep for a week or two and take a sample test. You get two free sample tests from, from the official uh, GMAT test givers, right? Take one of them, figure out where you lie. Uh, there's no number set in stone, but I would say if you want to be fairly certain that GMAT is not going to be a bottleneck for your application, I think a number north of 700 should do well. 700 or 720 is a good number to aim for. I'm Makes like, sense. Not saying that you won't uh, make it and if you get a 680, but like, yeah. 720 plus means GMAT is not going to be your issue. Other things may be, right? Okay. So if, if you are like, say, a 680 or 650 or a 630, I think uh, you can, if you put in, con you know, if you conscientiously work three hours a day for two two months, I think you can make up those 100 points. Uh, otherwise, if you feel like you need a lot more structure and someone to help you out, I think that's when you need to think about these classes. But again, I, I personally think that all of you are smart enough if you can put in the time uh, every day to make it to the 700 plus number. The dedication is the key because everyone, yep. at least yeah, in NITK, is uh, capable enough to do the GMAT well. I'm sure many aspirants are worried if their CGP at NITK will hurt their chances at an admit. So what are your thoughts on this? Do you think an above average GMAT score will help compensate for a lower CGPA? And up to which semester will the CGPA be considered? When I applied, they, I had given my CGPA up to 6th sem. Uh, with respect to does undergrad CGPA matter? Personally, my opinion is GPA matters. But I think what's more important is the brand. And you already come from a really good brand, right? Uh, NITK. So, as far as GPA goes, I think uh, what's more important is your explanation. You uh, can't have a really low GPA and not have an explanation for what got you there. What basically they're trying to see is, uh, do you realize what went wrong? Are you the sort of person that goes back, analyzes and understands, you know, this is where I need to course correct. And if you can provide them that uh, plan, and then if you can show them some level of proof of the fact that you've implemented that plan, that's brilliant, right? Like that's awesome. But even if you don't have some sort of proof, if you can tell them, you know, bullet point one, two, three, this is where I made a mistake. Bullet point one, two, three, this is how I'm trying to correct it. That's also good enough. But have an explanation for the GPA that you have. Hmm. And this is true whether you have a really great GPA or not. Because if you have a really great GPA, why? Like, why is that important to you? Why did you give up on maybe uh, a Toastmasters role or an ESL role to put in that much time to study? So why is that important? That They want to know. So it's not just like, huh, like if you have a really good GPA, you're good to go. No, they want to know why. Uh, if, if it helps anybody who's listening to this, I didn't have a really great GPA when I applied. And that didn't matter because I was able to give them an explanation of why. And I was able to show, you know, it was in an upward trend. So... Yeah, that, that's all they're looking for. It doesn't matter. It, it's not a, you know, do or die kind of situation where if you don't have a GPA above a certain cutoff, you're not uh, going to get an admit. Definitely not the case. Right. That, that was very assuring. Uh, <laughs> Achit, you mentioned regarding the essays that we need to submit in stage one and two and the interviews that we will be needing to face during stage three. 
So I wanted to ask you whether it's a good idea to enlist the help of admission consultants. There are these companies that offer these services for you know interview preparation and for the essays. Sure. So uh, Suprita, I think that's again uh, a very individual choice. But if I had to give you a framework, it would be uh, see if you can get access to an alum, uh, and uh, if that alum is willing to be disturbed on a weekly basis. If that's the case, perfect. Uh, and then second aspect is see if you have the time to do the research because uh, personally I didn't take the help of any admissions consultant but I spent probably an equal amount of time that I would have sitting down with them on Quora because Quora was my single biggest source of ISB information because you have a lot of first-hand accounts from people themselves. I would say Reddit is a really good source now. Uh, Reddit r slash MBA has a lot of good ISB info. Um and just Google. You have a lot of these consultants themselves putting out blog posts. And I, I collated a lot of information that way. Once I had that information set from my end, I then reached out to a, a lot the NITK senior as well as a couple of people outside of NITK who had gotten through the YLP program into the YLP. And uh, I was able to understand how the uh, interview process uh, and the essays and what they were kind of looking for. Now, if that's not something that you want to do or you have the time to do or if that overwhelms you by all means go for it they definitely will not mess up your application for sure so uh, one of the most intimidating questions why an mba when you uh, when you were asked by the interview panel how did you answer this question okay so do keep in mind that i was a third year engineering student with a zero work experience to uh, speak of uh, just a two-month internship. So they don't expect a lot. So don't bite off your own boots by going overboard, talking about strategy and startups and bootstrapping and all of that. So they realize that you just know a bunch of keywords and you have zero work experience to boot, right? So just don't do that. Like that's just shooting yourself in the head. Rather, what I told them was, listen, in engineering, what I'm, I'm particularly learning is how to apply technical concepts after I know what the problem is mostly, and I am fairly aware of all the environmental variables. But uh, what I realized personally was that I'm not really good at handling scenarios when the problem itself has to be designed. Like the environmental variables are yours to choose. It's, it's not just electricity that I'm dealing with as a, a triple E engineer. It's just pick whatever you want, right? And, right? and that sort of overwhelmed me. So I told them that's the kind of education that I want to get from an MBA across multiple functions so that when a, a, a canvas is given to me, I know what to pick from the entire uh, tool set that I have and use them correctly so that there is an actual result that can be shown rather than just applying a lot of concepts that I've learned into a very set environment, which is what I would say. Okay, so I might get some flack for saying this, but at least the, the way I approached engineering was like that. Second was uh, in my internship, I had the opportunity to interact with an individual called Pankaj Rai. He heads, uh, he's an SVP of strategy at Wells Fargo. And uh, I had some interesting conversations with him, which I quoted. And I said, given that I want to understand uh, how to handle ambiguity and how to uh, structure problems, strategy seemed like the sort of challenge that I would really enjoy, given that that directly tests uh, my ability to just consume a lot of data and provide a path forward for the organization that I'd be working for. So I, I put these two points across and they bought it. 
because I believed in it. I still mm-hmm. am. And uh, yeah, so I think just just find something that you genuinely believe in and it just comes across, man. It can be the simplest of things, but it comes across. Instead, if I, I'm pretty certain if I'd gone in and told them I, I want to make investor pitch decks and uh, learn how to bootstrap and raise money and uh, scale my organization, they would have called, uh, yeah, called me out on what I was saying. So, yeah. Definitely. I think as long as you find something that works for you and sounds genuine and you put that forth, should be fine. Exactly. Exactly. If it comes from within you, then it, it becomes very apparent. Hmm. Very uh, philosophical is, uh, yeah. answer to a very business uh, question, but hmm. it, it holds true. <laughs> mm-hmm. If one is successful and gets the YLP offer, would you recommend they apply to foreign MBA and MIM programs with their GMAT score? Um, again, personal choice, but I have a framework for y'all uh, if you want to make a real quick uh, comparison. First is, do you want to stay in India versus do you want to work abroad? That is the single biggest factor that determines this. I personally strongly believe that India is going to be the booming area in the next 20 years. So I, I personally made a choice that I want to work here. And it didn't make sense for me to go and pay all of that extra money to get an MBA from outside only to come back to India. Because the brand value is fairly the same in India, right? Second, look at diversity of the cohort. Uh, are you going into an MIM program which is comprised mostly of engineers or or people from a certain area because some schools tend to have a very strong bias towards a certain kind of field. Like for example, your uh, ISB is known as a consulting school and a product management school. Right? Like a lot mm. of people come in there to move into consulting or product management, not really finance. Whereas FMS is obviously, you know, uh, known for their uh, finance practice. So <clears throat> look at that. Uh, cost, obviously, if the two things fall, then, you know, India turns out to be a lot more cheaper than going abroad. And if at the end of the day, for your goals, India works out well, then it doesn't really make sense to go outside and pay all of that extra money. And brand value. Uh, again, like I said, certain schools are well known for certain things. Mica for marketing may not help you get into consulting versus ISB, which is like opens a lot of doors in consulting uh, versus, you know, any of the other IMs. Some of them are known for your leadership programs and FMCG firms versus consulting versus finance versus private equity. So that's your choice. Right. Hmm. I think it's more about what uh, they want to, you know, do post an MBA and targeting a school that works with that. Exactly. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah. So the official uh, ISB website mentions that you can apply for the YLP during your pre-final or your final year. Does applying in a particular year carry any advantage as such? I, I personally don't think so. That has uh, nothing to do uh, with your uh, application because even in your final year, you would just have started work. So you won't have any work experience or any impact that you would have created in like three months of work. Right. Right. So for all uh, purposes, I think there's no delta in advantage between the two years. The only difference is you can be a lot more relaxed. Uh, in your final year, if you've got uh, a job in hand and an MBA application to boot, so, you know, <laughs> you can go crazy in final year. Yeah, definitely. If one applies for the YLP in their third year, isn't successful in cracking it and isn't particular about ISB or IAM as such, do you recommend that they try again in their final year or focus on preparing for CAT and the IAMs? 
okay uh, so this uh, i will quote a point of view that my manager in my internship at wells fargo told me he was an fms graduate uh, from 1990s and uh, he told me you know get work experience because that is something that he did and it made him stand out with respect to folks that came in without any work experience uh the delta might be small but i spoke about soft skills in you know it smoothens out your rough edges you learn how to say no in a very nice way you learn how to step on people's toes without actually eliciting a response from them so they get what your point was like so all of these softer skills uh are very valuable in an mba program mm-hmm. and uh, i would say get work experience for sure at least a year of work experience makes a world of difference because uh, you can understand what a lot of these courses are talking about rather than just imagining them as uh, and knowing concepts. the words yeah yeah just knowing the words now you know right when when ob professor comes and says the reason why you know 360 degree evaluation is put in place is because otherwise the bell curve negatively affects you you don't know what that negative effect is unless you've actually not been given a promotion because you are not in the right side of the curve right so a lot of these things fall into better perspective if you do work experience so personally i advise every single person work for 2 years hands down and then think about an mba uh makes your education so much more valuable uh and then again if you had to ask me i am versus isb i would say isb again because of all the reasons that i cited in the earlier question about isb versus iam diversity being the single biggest reason hmm So, if you receive an offer for the YLP, you're expected to finish at least twenty months of work experience after graduation, like you just mentioned. So, post which you can join the regular PGP class at ISB. How many months of work experience do you recommend completing before joining campus? I think you mentioned one to two years, but ideally, how many months would you say uh, is a good, you know, amount of time? And is sure. more work experience any uh, more advantages in any way post ISB? Okay. Uh, thanks for this question, Sukrita. So, uh, the minimum twenty months of work ex requirement. I think if you are a typical YLP candidate, you barely meet that. Like I had twenty one months of work experience. So, all of the time that you have between ending your undergrad and starting work and joining ISB, if you don't uh, defer your admit as a YLP, you just have hardly twenty two months there. So, there's not a lot of option to extend it. as a typical ylp candidate what a lot of people do is they defer uh, your uh, admit by a year so that they get maybe like 27 or 28 months in and that's only because they already know what field they want to get into post mba and they're already in that field and in that case additional experience really boosts your profile because uh, let me put a scenario to you right i i am in analytics and i want to go into amx as a manager in their analytics division or credit analytics division post mba so in that case having additional one year of experience in analytics definitely boosts my profile they'll pick me over some other guy who doesn't have analytics experience right but uh, like me if you're someone who was in one industry and wanted to switch into another industry low workx helps because uh, with 20 months of workx you really uh, not stuck to any industry your industry agnostic right just because if i've done 20 months of work experience in analytics does not mean that i'm an analytics guy or an analytics guru whereas if you have like 5 years of work experience in analytics you've already deep into analytics territory there's no easy way of going back right you've been molded by the industry so 
the the lesser workex opens up a lot more opportunities where as a ylp i could have gone into marketing or finance or consulting or even product management but the more workex helps if you already are in the industry that you know you want to head to post mba okay hmm so just a follow up question to that won't more work experience you know uh, make you more financially stable to be able to afford your uh, mba at isb um if that's I the case for a few people not say that okay see so i i, I would assume uh, given I'm, i'm sure you're aware of what the isb fee is at this point in 38, time uh, you would yeah. have to yeah yeah 36 So you would have to have an insane CC right out of your undergrad to have enough saved up for mm. that. Uh, I I think it, it makes a lot more sense to uh, lose out one year when your earning potential is a lot less than work for five years and then lose out one year where you could be earning a potential CTC of twenty lakhs, right? Right. So yeah, overall, I guess, and and the second aspect is you will have to take a loan. unless like i said you're one of those crazy people with like 70 lakh cdc mm-hmm. and you're saving like 30 right yeah which i think for the average nit can is not the case not the so, definitely not the case yeah so in that case you'll have to end up taking a loan anyway so mm-hmm. then it makes sense to take a loan as early as possible so that you finish paying off that loan at a much younger age right like if if you take up a loan at 25 then you you pay that off by 30 right so that's a burden off your shoulders before you're very old Correct. Uh, and the one year that you lost is probably worth ten or twelve or fifteen, you know, LPA versus probably a potential high-paying salary year. So I think for these two reasons, the financial independence aspect of it doesn't really come into the picture here. It's it's more about are you in the industry that you want to head to post MBA. Hmm. Got it. So since your mode of admission was different from the majority of your classmates who would have probably you know entered through the normal mode. Did YLP affect your placement in ISB? I'll I'll give you two uh, pictures here. The first is what I already spoke about. I have very low years of workex, so I'm really industry agnostic and not molded by a firm. Which I was in in a in the banking industry, and I was in the analytics function, so I'm not really molded by how the banking industry works or how analytics folks do work. So I have access to like marketing, financial roles, risk roles, uh, you know. consulting product management and the entire spectrum and that's great but what happens is imagine you know your mckinsey or a bain or a bcg comes in and and they want to hire someone with experience in the government right and with my years of work experience versus a guy who's worked for 6 years in the home ministry did they going to prefer somebody with that experience so when it comes to niche fields like when somebody is looking for an actuary they would prefer somebody with 5 years of risk experience versus a ylp candidate whom they'll have to train so in those specific cases you may lose out to someone with a greater advantage uh, greater experience sorry but otherwise i think uh, i personally in my experience given that i wanted to switch industries i i loved the entire spectrum of roles that were open to me as a ylp simply because firms realized that you know they can pick me and they can mold me exact same reason why after having completed an electrical engineering degree from nit gavels how they pick me up for an analytics role right without any past experience experience because they realize right. they can mold me mm. according to their needs and so, whatever how how would they see you fit right so overall i i would say being a ylp just opens up the sort of roles that you can go to and that's great 
and have mm. like this post mba you really want to go in not knowing what to do and have like a whole bunch of options wherein you know you could be in a procter and gamble in their marketing division or you could be in mckinsey doing consulting or you could be in like blackstone doing private equity work right so that's that's a brilliant range of uh, options to have and with that we come to an end of today's episode you can visit www.isb.edu/young-leaders-program for more information on the isb ylp thank you achit for your insights on the isb ylp and for you know taking out the time to make this happen i'm sure a lot of aspiring students from nitk will find this super useful thank you for the opportunity it's it's been great being able to uh, discuss isb and what an mba can add to someone's career if any of you all have uh, any queries or doubts look me up on linkedin and just shoot me a message just like suprita did and i'd be more than happy to talk to you about uh, isb and the mba and ylp and all of that but thank you guys i would also like to thank our listeners i hope you took away something very valuable from today's episode of the abc's of applying to a b school until next time stay home stay safe and stay strong